What is up, my dudes? It is Alec Lindstrom, former Boston College offensive lineman. You're listening to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. Go Eagles and go ACC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week four. Starting to get a little bit more into conference play. How are you doing? You ready to talk about some games? Some good ones this weekend and not just Florida State and Clemson. I would agree. I would agree. That's obviously the you know big headliner in the ACC, but uh, a really good slate this weekend. We have nine games that we're going to preview here, if my math is right, and I would say sometimes it is. Uh Mike, before we get into those games, just real quick, a, a reminder, go hit the, hit the subscribe button, especially if you're watching on YouTube right now. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the bell icon. We appreciate the people that are doing that. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, please go do that if you can. Uh, YouTube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, we would really, really appreciate your support. We're working towards 250 subscribers. Uh, we've been getting more and more each each day, so really appreciate your all's help with that and, and your support. Uh, but please go do that. And likewise, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, iTunes and Spotify, all those other good places you can find your podcast if you're looking for just the audio only version of it. So uh, go find us there. Yes. <laughs> uh, do that, Mike. There's something else that we got to uh, we got to talk about here real quick off the top. Cue up the horn, Scott. <laughs> Boom, baby. This podcast is now also sponsored by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats. Another partner of this podcast, Joey. VividSeats.com. Also, this is really important. In the show notes, we're going to tweet out this link as well. In the show notes, there's going to be a link to Vivid Seats. It's really important that you guys go click on that link if you're going to redeem this offer I'm about to tell you about. Okay? It's really Mm -hmm. important for us. It's really important for our partnership with Vivid Seats that you use the link in the show notes and the link that we tweet out from our podcast account, okay? Mm -hmm. So just want to get that off the top. Use the promo code BCPOD20 at checkout. They'll give you $20 off your first order of $200 or more at VividSeats.com. We're all going to college football games this fall, right? Whether it's Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech, you're going to see... Uh, going to see the Hokies play, going to go see Georgia Tech, going to go see other teams throughout the ACC across college football. You're going to go to concerts. Whatever you're doing this fall, all your ticket needs, VividSeats.com, promo code BCPOD20 at checkout, $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Really excited to have Vivid Seats aboard. Um, yeah, they're, they're people that I've been in contact with, have been very helpful, they've been very good. So just want to give a shout out to them. But really important that you guys use the link, the hyperlink in the show notes and the one we're tweeting out. I cannot emphasize that enough. And then use the promo code at checkout to get $20 off your first order, $200 or more. Absolutely. For those wondering, it's also in the description on YouTube. So just scroll down. It's in the description. Yep. 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 Thank you, Scott. Use that link. As you said, Mike, I mean, college football games. I've heard there's Sunday football games, too, uh, that people might go to. Allegedly. There might be playoff baseball coming up. There could be a lot of different things. And, and once again, if you're making a ticket order of more than 200 bucks, just get a free 20 bucks back on this. So go go hit that link and you, use it and go support us through Vivid Seats. We'd appreciate that. Absolutely. That's right. Mike, you want to try to get some games? We got some good ones. Let's do it. We do. 
As mentioned, we have nine games on the slate this weekend. We will start on Friday night. We have another weeknight game, and it's once again a Virginia game. Uh, at 7.30 p.m. on Friday on ESPN, the NC State Wolfpack on the road in Charlottesville taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. NC State, a nine-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Total is 47-and-a-half. You said something before we came on here, Mike, and I think it's a valid point. And now that I look at this line again, doesn't it kind of feel like Vegas is begging you to take the Wolfpack, like giving you, you know, giving you the extra, uh, you know, giving you the 10-point number? Yeah, it it does seem like a lot of points, right? Uh, I get UVA. UVA's 0-3, struggled throughout the year so far offensively, looked better at points last week with Anthony Calandria starting uh, looked, looked better, right? He provides a little bit of a running element. He's been able to throw the football pretty well. He did have the three turnovers. I get it. It wasn't pretty in the second half. <laughs> it was a struggle in the second half, bad. right? <laughs> it was Is a struggle. Andrea or <laughs> the claw fence. Get into that later. Uh, the second half was a struggle for Calandria, but NC State hasn't really been awe-inspiring necessarily either, right? I mean, NC State, the opener against UConn was a bit up and down. The Notre Dame game uh, a couple weeks back, NC State really struggled in the second half of that game. Notre Dame certainly wore them down. NC State's offense didn't really look like it was clicking on all cylinders. NC State's offense looked better last week, but it was VMI, right? So anytime, you know, NC State's played an FBS opponent so far this year, it hasn't looked particularly good. I think UVA's defense is good enough to hold NC State down here for a bit. I think if UVA is able to get as much out of the offense as they did a week ago, at least in the first half, and Calandria is able to limit the turnovers, I think this is a game where UVA can absolutely cover. I'm not sure... I'm not sure the Who's are in position to win this football game from a talent standpoint. I, I don't think they're there, but I think this has definite cover potential at home, getting nine and a half against a team in the Wolfpack that's been up and down offensively. And anytime they've they've run into a team so far, like Notre Dame, like UConn, right? It was 24 to 14, like UConn, where they're going to try to play a little bit of smash mouth football. NC State hasn't been able to pull away or even win the game at all in, in the case of Notre Dame. UVA is certainly not as good as Notre Dame is, but I think UVA is is going to be spicy enough, especially with Calandria starting, which we assume he will. There's been coach speak out there. We assume Calandria will be the guy this week. And I think UVA covers here. I like NC State to win, UVA to cover at home, getting nine and a half. I think that's a, that's a good number for the Cavaliers. So... Give me NC State to win, UVA to cover, maybe an under game. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. I, I'm not sure about the offenses here. Give me, give me the under. I, I was going to say I, I agree with you. Give me Virginia in the nine and a half, and give me the under. Um, and and a lot of this I think is about the NC State offense this year, as you've mentioned, is is not is not gelling yet. Um, they, they are kind of fits and starts, and just have not looked impressive against either UConn or Notre Dame. And obviously, those are kind of two different ends of the competitiveness spectrum uh, for NC State. But I, I just – I don't love that offense. I don't trust it yet. 
Um, I, I wonder, I do feel like part of the story of this game is, is, you know, we watch it. And then as we come back and talk about it uh, on Saturday for Saturday night fever, uh, we'll plug, come join us Saturday night, watch on YouTube uh, as we recap the games. Um, the story here, I think is going to be Brennan Armstrong and his return to Charlottesville. And it's, I, I, this is going to go like one of two ways, right? Like this is either going to be a, you know, a pretty poor, you know, nervous performance from him, like nothing, or he's going to go out there and look like he might win the Heisman. Like, I, I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. And going poorly is more of, like, along the lines of what we've seen from him so far this year. Um, struggling, really, to throw the ball and and uh, connect with his receivers, like that kind of thing. I do think that NC State's defense makes the difference that they're able to win this game. But uh, especially if we, we, we would assume that Virginia is sticking with Anthony Calandria – uh, I, I think that works to the fate or to the benefit of Virginia being able to keep this close, maybe come up with a few explosive plays that they might not have if Tony Musket were in there. So um, assuming it's Calandria, uh, and I think based unless something has really changed with NC State since we last saw him, uh, I would I would like Virginia and the points here for sure. And I, I non-zero chance they could win this game. Um, I, I think NC, NC State Spicy. has got. I'm just saying, like, NC State has got to figure out that offense if I'm going to be feeling good about laying, you know, more than a touchdown on the road here. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, you mentioned this off the top, but I think Vegas is definitely begging the public to bet NC State. Just look at the records. Look at how NC State and UVA have played this year. Assume that NC State and the homecoming for Brennan Armstrong is, you know, he's going to come out and play really well. And he might, but... I think UVA is going to be kind of feisty here. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. UVA plus the nine and a half and under for both of us. I think we kind of see this going the same way. And, and sprinkling, sprinkling a money line bet here on UVA. I don't really think UVA has better than like a 25% chance to win this game, but on the off chance that this thing is tight in the fourth quarter, if you're holding a UVA money line ticket, that might pay out. <laughs> if this yep. thing's tight in the fourth quarter, that might pay out, especially for Brian Armstrong homecoming game. If it's tight, he's not going to want to make that like last mistake. I don't know. I just maybe, maybe throw a couple bucks on that and see where it takes it. I'm seeing UVA money line anywhere between plus 275 and plus 300. So yeah. That would be a nice start to the weekend. Yeah. Now, like you said, if if they've only got a twenty five percent chance to win, then that's still a, a negative EV bet. But all of them are these days for me. So that, you know. I, I lose a lot more than I win. Yeah. So. There you go. Well, on that note, uh, all right, Virginia and the under for the both of us, Mike. Let's keep moving here to Florida State and Clemson, and we got something special for this game this week. Time for the home peeled home home peeled. Home field apparel read. It's late, Joey. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Home field twice. apparel. Official partner of our podcast. Use the code GOACC at checkout. Homefieldapparel.com for 15% off your first order. The reason why we're doing the home field read before the Florida State Clemson uh, preview in particular is because they have a mini collection just for this game this weekend for Florida State and Clemson. Yes, you can buy whatever Florida State gear you want. You can buy whatever Clemson gear you want from home field. But you can also check out their mini collection special for this game. Very cool stuff out there. 
at homefieldapparel.com. Shout out Whitney. She sent me the email uh, with that tidbit earlier this week. So I want to make sure to plug it on the podcast, but use the, go, uh, the promo code GOACC at checkout for 15% off your first order from Homefield. Shout out to them for their partnership with us this mm-hmm. football season. Yep. Links in the yep. description on YouTube. And if you already use the code, please still use the link. It still helps us out. Yes, basically the same thing I told you about Vivid Seats is the case with Homefield as well. Use the link. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people, you're, you're going to get something that you, you really like from Homefield and decide you want more. So use that link when you go back to go get some more. Yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as mentioned, you know, they do have something for everything, everybody in the ACC. So all teams are covered. So go get something for your team at homefieldapparel.com. Yep. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Mike, at noon on ABC, it is the number four Florida State Seminoles on the road in Death Valley taking on the unranked Clemson Tigers. Hmm, Unranked, huh? Florida State, a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Total is 55. Um, This is an awfully short line uh, Mm -hmm. considering what these teams have looked like so far. I will say that Clemson looked better than Florida State did last week, but a lot of things, I think, probably went into that. I, in the time in the time since we did the recap, I've heard some speculation that Florida State there might have been a bit of a flu situation going around that team um, when they were playing against Boston College. Like they just did not look sharp. They didn't look focused. Um, I mean, a nooner in Boston was you know was was always a, a bit of a trap. I think for Florida State, especially with this game coming up this week. Um, do you expect any sort of holdover, uh, lethargic, or? or unfocused play or would you assume that Florida State is like fully dialed in here from opening kickoff I mean they better be right and I know some people are listening to that and be like oh well that's a take like Clemson lost to Duke a few weeks ago yeah that's correct that loss is aging pretty well Duke looks like they're a little bit of a wagon Joey and Mm -hmm. that's not to say that Clemson shouldn't have won that game Clemson had more talent right that's not to dismiss the loss, but the loss is aging well. Clemson is playing better. And Clemson doesn't lose very often in Death Valley. And that counts for something, you know? Like, coming into this game, Florida State's the better team. No question about it. They're the better team. They're the more complete team. We tossed this around uh, in the season preview with Tony. We had Tony Syracuse on from Last Word of College Football. Clemson, you know, you just kind of expect them to be there because of Dabo, right? And this was the first time, at least in the opener, we heard a lot after that loss. It was like, okay, well, good for him for changing offensive coordinators, but he still didn't address the elephant of the room, elephant in the room that is the transfer portal. Never Mm -hmm. really addressed it. But, you know, is this a referendum on Dabo's program? And all those questions out there. And all those takes could still be very true. But Clemson had not, before that South Carolina game last year, Clemson had not lost a home game in, what, seven years? (laughs) Six years? Yeah. 
and and that was, I mean, that was an interesting thing that Tony had brought up in the preseason. I I do wonder some of this is like, is that because Clemson has an a, you know an incredible home field advantage, or is that because Clemson has way more talent than almost everybody they play at home? You know, like is that is that a is that a correlation thing, or is there actual causation there? I mean, that's that's fair too, but you still got to win the games, you know. <laughs> you still got to go yeah. out and do it. Well, it's hard to do that without having a clunker at some point. So, you know, right. not trying to take anything away from him. Right. Now, all that to say, what's really going to come down to on Saturday is, like, which team is better on that particular day, not streaks and what happened last year or last week. The Florida State thing, so you mentioned the flu bug. They've also just been banged up in general on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they've had some guys that missed the just flat-out missed the game last week against Boston College. Um, on the interior of the offensive line just because they were hurt, not even having anything to do with the flu, which that was definitely out there. A couple different podcasts mentioned it uh, that are very tied into Florida State. So I think that's that's a legit thing. I think this line at two and a half for Florida State factors some of that in. I don't think it factors in, oh, Florida State looked crummy against Boston College and Clemson looked really good against Florida Atlantic. I don't think that's why the line is what it is. I think it's because mm-hmm. Florida State's a little banged up up front. If there's one thing we can say about Clemson, it's that their front seven is absurd. They have a really ridiculous front seven. And if Florida State is rolling out an offensive line that's less than, I don't want to say less than stellar, but less, I mean, this is like a very good offensive line. That's where I think Clemson, okay, all of a sudden you get some hits on Jordan Travis. He's not as comfortable in the pocket. Um, you flush him outside the pocket. You force some of Florida State's receivers to go out and make some plays. We see Johnny Wilson. He's a freak, right? He's six foot seven. He's had issues with drops this year so far, right? So he had a couple last week against Boston College that could have cost Florida State the game, and they were very fortunate that they didn't, right? Clemson, I think, has a legitimate chance to win this football game. I think it's looking better now here in week four than perhaps it did coming out of week one uh, when, you know, we looked at this and said, wow, Clemson's losing to Duke. Florida State looked incredible against LSU. Like, this is this might be a route in Death Valley. Like, I'm definitely taking Florida State in week four. Now it's starting to look like the game that we all thought on paper coming into the season again. It's starting to look that way. At least that's what the line's reflecting. I think Florida State's the better team. But I'm going to take... I'm actually going to take Clemson on the money line here just because of the line. The line is strange. Mm-hmm. And it's not steering screaming. It. It's not... I'm just going to steer into it. It's not screaming Florida State like it should. And I fully acknowledge fully acknowledge i think florida state's the better team i think florida state should go out and win this football game but i don't think they're going to i'm going to take clemson on the money line just because of the spread and i'm just going to go with it and i think this is an under game as well i think this Hmm. is a game that goes under the 55 both defenses have looked pretty feisty so far we know what clemson's offensive limitations have been they haven't been extremely explosive offensively but i think if they can ugly this thing up a little bit and force Florida State to make to make some plays through the air. This this is when this game could get a little bit dicey. I think Florida State's fully capable of making those plays. I think Florida State's a more explosive offense than Clemson is. I don't think there's any question about that. But if this front seven gets after Jordan Travis, 
he might not have time to to make those long deep throws down the field where I think Florida State will have a bit of an advantage over Clemson. So that's the matchup to watch here. It's Clemson's front seven against a banged up Florida State offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Clemson in ugly, low scoring game. Like I'm talking like 17, 14, mm. like something like that. I think this goes and and I can't wait to be wrong about this on the on the recap. I think this goes way under. Like yeah, I think I this would be ugly, low scoring game. I, I don't think you can pick Clemson to win like 38, 35. Like they're, no. they're not going to win that kind of game. No, they, this would be the this would be a first if they, if they pull that off just with this iteration of the offense. Mm-hmm. That would be a first. So yep. I'm going to take Clemson lower scoring game like 17, 14, way under. All great points, Mike. And and I, I see that line, and it is a little bit kind of spooky. I do turn my head at it a little bit. Um, for what it's worth, SP Plus says that Clemson should be favored here by Who? about, you know, whatever home field advantage is. You know, they're like a tenth of a point better on a neutral field. Um, I, I do think that some of that is based in projection, not just, mm-hmm. um, you know, actual results to date. Mm-hmm. Some of the preseason stuff still in there. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um but I said it in the preseason. I'm going to stick to it now. I do think Florida State wins this game. Uh, I I very much would rather have Jordan Travis in this game than Cade Klubnick. Mm-hmm. I would very much rather have Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson at receiver than whatever band of merry men Clemson, Clemson's running out there on the on the outside. Bo Collins. I I do wonder about the offensive line situation for for Florida State and realizing that that is potentially very problematic going up against this Clemson defensive front. I'd like to think if that is going to be an issue health-wise that Mike Norvell and that staff are able to kind of plan for that, plan around it. Uh, but in any case, I don't think Clemson can can score with this Florida State team for four quarters. And I do think Florida State is going to be able to score some points here. because and, and that's kind of what we're saying here too, right, is if Clemson's going to win, it's going to go under 55 by quite a bit. Yep. Um, I just if this thing starts turning into a track meet, it favors Florida State. Absolutely. And so for for all those reasons, I am sticking with Florida State. I think they win this game. I think they cover. Um, I, I think it gets up closer to the total to where I'm not. If, if we don't have to, I'm not going to pick one way or the other against the total. Um, but give me Florida State minus a two and a half. Mike, lock it up. Lock up the Knolls. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you better you than me. Lock it up. Lock it up. <laughs> Lock it up. Please. Yeah, you know, lay, laying the points in a weird spread in the uh, big headliner game with the ranked team against the unranked team. You know, what could possibly go wrong there? At the very least, it's a fun one to bet. I mm-hmm. will say that. I will give you every bit of that. It is a fun game to bet. I mean, at a small number like this, basically all we're asking is Florida State win by a field goal. Like, that's – I think that's a reasonable thing to bet, you know. Yeah. 28-24 gets you there, right? Like Absolutely. Something like that. So, um, yeah, give me Florida State. I think they win this game. I think this is. Uh, I think this is their time. Do you think this is closer now? Mm. Do you think this is like Clemson keeps it close, Florida State pulls away late? Do you think it's like Florida State from the jump? They're just the better team, and they're out in front, and Clemson's kind of fighting back the whole game, kind of keeping at arm's length, like. I could see any number of game trips here. Yeah. Like it, it, I could see this going a number of different directions. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. And I, I, I also I choose to believe that the way that this Florida State team played last week against Boston College was circumstantial. It was a blip. 
this is not going to be like a recurring theme that we see with the Knowles here. I think that they'll be more dialed in here. Yeah, I mean, Florida State's Florida, how Florida State played against Boston College has absolutely no bearing with how I just picked this game. No bearing mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. I don't think it matters even a little bit. Just like I don't think the other side, Clemson, looking good against Florida Atlantic, really matters. I that had look at for Florida State in particular. That was look ahead written all over it. Weird game. Florida State had a multi-score lead and committed a couple of mistakes. Just a very weird game. A lot of things broke Boston College's way last week to keep that game closer than it should have been. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you. I, no yeah, bearings. Scoop six. A, I think a fumbled kickoff. Or, yeah, you know something like that. You know there were a lot of turnover luck. There were some free points to be had there or cheap points yeah. to be had by Boston College that, you know, made that final score very close. So nine times out of 10, when it was like 31 to 10 or whatever it was, like nine times out of 10, that game's played Florida State covers there when mm-hmm. they're when they go up when they go up by like 18 or whatever it was in the third quarter. Nine times out of 10, Florida State's going to cover that spread. So it's yep. just a very, a very weird game last Saturday. Yep. Agreed. I think that's all I've got here. If you're ready to move on, Mike. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. Really, I'm really excited for that game, though. That'll be a good yeah. one. This, this is one of the games of the year for the ACC. Yeah. Um, I don't love that it's at noon, I but don't I guess we've got some some good games in the night slate as well, so we'll get yeah. there. Uh, also at noon, a couple of out-of-conference games. On the ACC network, Army on the road taking on the Syracuse Orange. Syracuse a 13.5-point home favorite here. Total is 52. Mike, I think I like the Orange. I am not getting in the way of this train right now. Um, Army has has not been super inspiring so far. I mean, they beat UTSA last week, which was good. But I think that this Syracuse team, the way that they're going to run the ball, I think that matches up well against this Army team, and I think that they'll uh, they'll be able to win this game fairly comfortably. Yeah, I mean, Army's rushing defense has been decent this year, but I, I think you know they haven't played a a team like Syracuse that commits their run the way that Syracuse does. Uh, I think this is a pretty tough matchup for Army here. I think Syracuse, with the way they've been looking up front and the way they just kind of abused Purdue on the road last week, on the ground, against a decent front, like not the greatest team in the Big Ten in terms of like a front seven, but a competent front seven. And Syracuse just abused them up front. I mean, it was just, I mean, Schrader had four touchdown runs. I mean, they, they just ran it down their throat and, you know, Schrader mixed in pass when he needed to. But this is a, this is a tough one for Army here because Syracuse's defense, I think, has been decent. Um, I, not great, but decent. Army's still transitioning. They're in a new offense this year, right? They're throwing the ball around a lot more. This is not an option team, right? If you haven't seen Army play this year, they've transitioned out of that. Jeff Munkin's kind of, you know, moving his team into more of a traditional college offense, uh, mostly because of change in the rules, right? It's become harder to run the option now because of cut blocking rules and stuff like that um, that went to effect this year. Munkin pivoted. It's a different looking offense now for Army. You're going to see a lot of passes for Army on -hmm. Saturday. It'll be real interesting. But I think I like Syracuse here, 13 in the hook. In fact, I like Syracuse so much. I'm just going to go ahead and lock this game up. Give me a second. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Army keeps it close early. Syracuse pulls away late. They're the better team. I think Schrader's going to really overwhelm them. That's my yep. that's my take here. 
I, I agree. Um, I kind of like the over here, too. Um, I, I think this can get a little bit pointsy. I think, again, Syracuse looks like a wagon on offense, just you mm-hmm. know, moving the ball really, really well so far. And uh, watching Army score like they did last week against UTSA, I think that they'll they'll get a few points yeah. on board, too. So uh, I think this goes over the 52. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think Army's got uh, – Army's going to have their say, I think, offensively. I do think they'll score here. I think Syracuse's defense is still a bit of a work in progress with a new defensive coordinator. But I do like the way the Syracuse offense has looked. They're further ahead than I anticipated they'd be three weeks into the season. So, yeah, I, I like Syracuse to pull away and win this game by a couple scores. Yep, agreed. All right, also at noon on ESPN2, Mike, your Virginia Tech Hokies on the road in Huntington? Mm-hmm. I think it's Huntington. Uh, mm-hmm. Taking on it the is. Marshall Thundering Herd. Mike, Virginia Tech is a five-point underdog to Marshall here. The total is 41. Feels good. Feels good, doesn't it? It's like like one of those old sweaters that, you know, just fits just right. It's fully broken in. This is is nice. Um, Yeah. I I, I don't think I can take Virginia Tech in this spot. I I think I'm laying them with Marshall. This Virginia Tech team seems so untrustworthy at the moment for a multitude of reasons. Um, some of them under their control, some of them not. But um, I this just this feels like it is not a good matchup. Uh, Virginia Tech has one of the worst rushing defenses in the country right now, and Marshall uh, will run it down your throat if given the opportunity. So feels like it's a bad situation, a bad uh, a a bad matchup for Virginia Tech. So give me the thundering herd here. I'll lay the five. Yeah, I mean, the path for Virginia Tech to win is actually pretty simple. You just stop the run. You're probably going to win this game because you're mm-hmm. more talented on offense than Marshall is defensively. So the path is pretty simple. You stop the run. You're probably going to score enough points to win this game. Saw enough out of Kyron Drones last week to think that I know Virginia Tech only scored 16 points, so I don't want to act like the offense took like this gigantic step forward last week. But there was more balance in the running game uh, and – he was good enough in the passing game with, you know, some of his receivers out. Looks like Jalen Lane's going to play, so that's good. He's going to have another weapon at his disposal. And it is going to be drones. Like, Wells is not moving around well at practice. Drones took all the first-team reps today that the media saw. So, I mean, drones is going to start uh, on Saturday for Tech. So, can't even... I was, I was going to ask if we knew what the plan was there. Can't even play Wells if you want to. It's looking like, so perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Let's leave him on the <laughs> sidelines against his former team. We don't need to do that experiment. The, the, yeah, it's it's quite easy. You stop the run, you're probably going to win the game. The issue is Rasheen Ali, uh, the running back for Marshall, uh, he's got he's averaging six yards per carry. He's got 222 yards rushing and five touchdowns this year. He was banged up last year, didn't play a ton. But in 2021, he ran for 1,400 yards. He's good. Very good running back. And they're going to run it with him a bunch. Mm-hmm. and uh, Virginia Tech's secondary is banged up in the back end. They have two safeties that are out of the lineup. Uh, Virginia Tech's passing defense actually, from a statistical standpoint, looks quite good. The reason why it looks as good as it does is because no teams have had to really throw against them so far because they're 127th in the country in rushing yards allowed. So this is a terrible rushing defense Virginia Tech is fielding right now. They are not tackling well. Rasheen Ali is a very tough runner. Give me Marshall to cover the five. This is uh, a prove-it game for Virginia Tech. If you can tackle the running back, you're probably going to win. If you don't tackle the running back, which you haven't done the first three weeks of the season, you're probably going to lose. And we have three data points suggesting that they don't tackle well. So uh, show me a good data point before I pick you to beat a group of five team on the road. 
Mike, how's the? Uh, do you think that the Virginia Tech fan base is looking at this and they just see the Marshall name and the Marshall logo and they think, well, that's a winnable game for Virginia Tech? No, most fans expect Tech to lose. Okay, all right. Well, that's yeah. uplifting. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just in this are, game or just like in general? The fans are pissed at Pry already. It didn't mm-hmm. take long. But, I mean, he's he's 4-10, and 10 and the only Power 5 win he has was last year against Boston College. So, at yeah. some point, you got to start winning some games. At some point. So, I, I guess a rebuild. I get the cupboard was bare. But it wasn't so bare that you should be – down three scores against a bottom feeder Big Ten school last week and not so bad that you should go on the road to Marshall and lose by, like, a touchdown or more. Like, the talent's not that bad, guys. Like, yeah, <laughs> the defensive talent, by the way, is quite good. <laughs> they, got, they got some highly rated recruits on the defensive side of the football and none of them can tackle. So mm. this is... Tech's got a bad offensive line. They have an iffy quarterback situation. But I think the biggest issue right now, and Tech fans are kind of coin flipping between the poor offensive line play and the fact that nobody on the defense can tackle in the running game. So it's tough to win games that way. Yep, sure is. Give me the hurt. Yep, lay the five with Marshall for the both of us. I'll go under, by the way. I'll just go under Staking your claim under 41. Unders in the 40s. Unders in the 40s. I'm thinking like, 21-14. Yeah. It's reasonable. I get you there. Yeah. All right. 20 to 14 on. even, huh? 20 to 14? You cover by a point? There you go. Oh, oh yeah, Marshall. <laughs> get it done. Let's move on to 330, Mike. We got a trio of 330 games. Uh, we'll start with number 18, Duke, on the road, taking on the Yukon Huskies that kept it close against NC State. There a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, Duke is a 21 and a half point favorite in this situation. Total is 45. Um, I, so, as mentioned, I mean, Duke is now the third highest ranked team in the ACC. Um, they have looked good, very well buttoned up so far. They got a lot rolling. I will mention as well that this UConn team is a little bit different than the one that NC State saw just, you know, three weeks ago, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they have lost their quarterback for the season, uh, yep. which I think is a pretty big blow and is a significant reason why this line is as blown up as it is. Yep. Um, I I think at that point, I, I think I'm just laying them with Duke. I, I think I trust Duke to go out there and get the job done. I think that this number tells me a little bit, again, when you get like an, a nice round number like 21 and then you put the hook on one side – Vegas is telling me they want me to take the other side. You know, oh, I'm getting three touchdowns and the hook. It's like, nah, I'm laying them with Duke here. Uh, I, I think that the Blue Devils can get this done. They, again, they've looked really good, really buttoned up. Uh, they are rolling so far. Mike Elko doing a phenomenal job with that team. So no, I, I will no, trust uh, them here in a sleepy road spot. No look-ahead uh, worries at all? Getting Notre Dame at home. I mean, potentially, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to – some of me wonders, like, would Duke – They, I mean, they could be the team that would look ahead to that. You know, kind of – you get that season opening win against Clemson, you're 3-0, and you're ranked, and all of a sudden you see Notre Dame coming to town next weekend. You might – you know, your eyes might get a little bit big of, you know, hmm, what can we accomplish there? So, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a valid concern to bring up. And that's probably what we'll be talking about if – 
Duke does not cover the spread. And this is a, a much closer, more competitive game than expected. For what it's worth, UConn's 0-3. They've since lost at Georgia State by three touchdowns mm -hmm. and at home to FIU by a score. So I think I'm thinking like 28-6, Duke. I think that's reasonable. How's that sound? Do 30, you think UConn get in the end? 31-6 is you Yeah, 31-6 is fine. Does UConn get in the end zone here? No. Over under they one. don't. If I said over under one and a half touchdowns, would you take the under? I think I'd I go would. Under. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they get in the Me end zone twice for sure. Me too. Me too, which is why I think Duke covers. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. I Duke Duke's gonna score here. Uh th this is not the same UConn team that NC State played. Uh yeah. I, the the twenty one in the hook is is a great point you just made where like Vegas is begging you to take the other side and you really got to talk me into it with UConn, right? I think that the, the point in UConn's favor, really, from a betting standpoint, is that this is a look-ahead spot for Duke. Yep. But outside of that, I don't see any way that UConn contains Duke offensively here. I just don't think that their defense is strong enough. The hold down at Duke offense has been very, very good, very balanced. They're running the ball well. Riley Leonard has been throwing the ball well. Uh I, this team just looks comfortable right now. And Leonard's been hurting teams in the running game more than he's been hurting him in the passing game. And he's been efficient throwing the football. He only has one touchdown pass this year. But he's been efficient throwing the football. And mm -hmm. that's all they've needed because they've been able to run the ball with such effectiveness. Uh, this is just a – it's a tough spot for UConn here. And, like, I like what Jim Moore is doing. I know UConn's 0-3, and they've lost their starting quarterback for the season. And that is significant. But UConn, I really like what they're doing under Mora. They've been competitive. They've been annoying to play against. They've played up to competition several times since he's taken over as head coach, something that I don't think a lot of people were anticipating. I don't think this is like a Jim Mora thing, the reason why UConn's going to you know, start the season 0-4 as much as like you lose your starting quarterback and you're thin on depth to begin with because you're UConn. That's a really tough thing to overcome, mm -hmm. you know? So that's just from the UConn side. But yeah, I like Duke here to to win and cover. I think they, especially if we're predicting that UConn's not going to score more than one touchdown in this game, I do think it's Duke and that's the right side. Yep. Joe Fagnano, by the way, is the name of the UConn quarterback that is uh, now done for the year. So. Make sure make sure to nail that pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Real don't just uh, don't just read that blindly off the teleprompter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. You don't want to get canceled. Yeah, don't don't do that. Uh, Scott, do you have anything, or are we good to move on here? Good to go. I'd just like to put out the, the look-ahead potential, but you addressed mm -hmm. it. Thanks. Yep. All right. Also at 3.30 on ESPN2, the number 20 Miami Hurricanes on the road in Philly taking on mm -hmm. the Temple Owls. Uh, Miami a 23-and-a-half point favorite here. Total is 48-and-a-half. The only reason I would take Temple here is that this is a, like a pretty clear letdown situation. Well, no, it's not, because that was two weeks ago they played A&M. Um, it's not even a look ahead. There's a bye week coming up. I I don't know how I can possibly take Temple in this spot. Like, Miami looks good. They look they really look good. good. They're good. Yeah, yeah they, they are good. Temple, yeah. I mean, they're 2-1, and one, but that's a three-point win over Akron. A 29-point loss to Rutgers, 
and a 32 point win over Norfolk State. Like that Rutgers team is not very good either. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is, whoo, yeah, this is a weird game for Miami. Why are you playing in Philly? Like, what, what, what's the goal here? Al Golden's Probably. not there anymore. Like, was it part of the was it part of the Manny Diaz like trade agreement? Like, oh gosh, oh, I bet that you, was here. Here, look. Look, you guys send us Manny Diaz after you had him for two weeks, mm-hmm. and we'll give you a roadie in a few years. Uh, a road game, like a, a game, not anything else. I was going to say, what uh, what are we talking about again here? Yeah, Mike? sorry. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I, I'm laying in with Miami. Big number, but like Miami should have Temple totally outclassed here. Um, I don't think Temple's very good at all, and Miami looks quite good. So I, I'll lay in with the Canes. Yeah, somebody's gonna hear that last line I just said about the locations and they're cackling in their car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, give me give me the Hurricanes here with some confidence. I'm not gonna lock it up just because I think it's a weird spot to have to go play Temple in Philly. I, it's a weird game, but Miami looks pretty buttoned up, which is why this is the spot where they always let us down. Though this is the type of mm-hmm. game where where they go and they lose or they you know they they dick around. It's a close game. Yeah, but this is this is a good Miami team this year. It, it appears that way through a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Is it a letdown spot after that gigantic Bethune Cookman win? Joey is the question. You know? Yeah, I mean, people are asking. People you are to, asking. You have to ask the question. Right. Big game next week against the bye. So, <laughs> yeah, I I think this is based on what I've seen so far. This there's no way you can beat Temple, or I'm sorry, <laughs> no way you can bet Temple. <laughs> no way you could bet Temple unless you're just thinking that Miami is going to just kind of be asleep at the switch, roll the helmets out, which I think they will roll the helmets out, but I just think they're far more talented. So give me the Hurricanes yeah. here. I wonder what the team totals here are. I think the implied score is probably something like 36 to 12. I was going to say, if you got 13 and a half, would you bet the under on Temple team total? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I don't know they get past 10. Um, if you got it, if you got a ten and a half, okay, if that's spicy. How about ten and a half on team total for Temple? I wouldn't bet it, but gun to my head, I'd take the under. Oh my god! I don't know that they're scoring much. In Miami game. better cover if Temple's not going to score ten points in this game. Miami better cover. I mean, this is also again, you're going to be going and playing in like a to call it a half empty NFL stadium is probably giving it too much credit. Like a mostly empty NFL stadium in the afternoon in Philadelphia, where just, you know, noted college football hub, Philadelphia. Um, I, this could easily be like, a, like you said, a roll the helmets out there and a, yeah. like a sleepwalking kind of spot where they, it's kind of unnecessarily close. Yeah. But again, just like in a vacuum with, you know, most things, I mean, I just, I can't see Temple keeping this close. So this has like 31 to nine written all over it with a Temple cover, doesn't it? <laughs> Potentially, yeah, if Miami just kind of calls off the dogs. But, again, they got a bye week next week. So, like, you're not even trying to rest up. and All the more reason. <laughs> all the more reason to get your guys off the field quickly. Yeah. You know, get get ahead by four scores, rest the starters in the second half. You get almost like a game and a half off. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is if you want Temple here, Mike, you, you can get them with 23 and a half points. You can get a, a good head start there. So, all yours I, if you want them. I talked about the whole sprinkle thing on the UVA money line off the top tonight. <laughs> a little sprinkle on Temple to cover, to cover, 
<laughs> is something you might want to consider. But so, I think if gun to my head, I'm, I'm taking Miami. I was going to say a, a, a Temple money line sprinkle will get you somewhere between 11 and 12 to 1. I'm, so. uh, yeah, I mean, this would be a new low even for Miami. So yeah. I'm not too concerned about that here. Yes, it would. All right, let's keep going. Last game of the 330 slate on the ACC Network. Mike, it is the Boston College Eagles on the road taking on the Louisville Cardinals. Louisville, a 14-point home favorite. Total is 54. Uh, interesting to me that, you know, Boston College nearly pulls off the upset last week and now turns around against a not-as-good Louisville team. Louisville's not as good as Florida State. Mm-hmm. And uh, Louisville's a two-touchdown favorite here. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of telling for, you know, there was a little bit of some flukiness. I think there's some definite letdown factor here at play for Boston College, you know, even as a team that is is struggling to uh, to get its footing here earlier in the year. I This feels like a spot where Louisville could, could absolutely cover, you know, a pretty big spread and, and win by a margin here. Louisville, lock it up. Ooh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I really like it if you get inside two scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this is uh, this is a letdown spot for Boston College. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a pretty good reminder here that BC is still a very bad football team. And a lot of things went Boston College's way last week that were fluky. I thought Thomas Castellanos played well, though, too. So... I think BC definitely has a fighting chance with him at quarterback the rest of the season to at least be competitive in some of these games. But I think there was definitely some flukiness to that game last week. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that Boston College should not have a chance to win. They absolutely did. And they could have won. Florida State made enough mistakes to keep BC in it. BC was feisty enough. But that was last week. (laughs) This is this week. This is a Louisville team that is competent enough where if Boston College plays like we expect Boston College to, which is basically not how they did a week ago, this is a Louisville team that should win this game by by multiple scores. Like mm-hmm. they, they're they're more talented offensively. They have a good but not great defense, right? Florida State's definitely got the better defense, and BC took advantage of it last week. But again, there was just so much weird, like one-off occurrences that happened. There's just so many opportunities in that game that Boston College had that I don't think they're getting on a week-to-week basis. <laughs> like a lot of turnover luck, a lot of weird bounces, a lot... the stuff you need if you're a bad football team to be in a game like that against Florida State. And you mm-hmm. were at home too. You're going on the road now. This has got letdown spot written all over it. Mm-hmm. I, I will be betting Louisville this weekend. I like Louisville. I love it inside two touchdowns. Do you get like 13, 13 and a half? I've seen I've seen some 13 and a half floating out there. If you can get it there, this is this is hammer the cards territory. I'd be very yep. surprised if BC covered the spread this weekend. Very surprised. <laughs> very surprised. And yet here I am considering taking Boston College. Gross. Um, Gross. And I'm and and, and it's not it's not because I think that, you know, like this, this is definitely a good test game for Louisville's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think I, I felt like the reason that part of the reason that Boston College was able to move the ball most of, you know, for a lot of the game last week was that 
Florida State did a pretty terrible job of containing Thomas Castellanos. They let him get outside the pocket. They let him scramble. They let him extend plays. I think that the the goal here, I, I think Boston College's offense can be had if you can just keep Castellanos in the pocket. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I don't believe the skill talent out there, his receivers are good enough to beat you. Maybe he can get it to him with, you know, with his arm and such from the pocket, but I don't think that you know on schedule plays for Castellanos is like going to be really the way that Boston College is going to win these games. Um, I think it is like just leaning on his athleticism, and so easier said than done. But if if Louisville can keep him in the pocket, I, I agree. I think that they win win this game pretty big. Um, I'm just I'm nervous about it. I and there's there's also an, an element to me that you know we've talked a little bit on this podcast of like Boston College is not that good, and we don't think that they're very good this year. And yet I feel like we're going to like do that all year and that they're going to be this pesky team that keeps playing close games. You know, they might not win many of them or, or any, but like they're going to continually be in games and like covering spreads and like ruining my day for that. So it's like, I'm, I'm trying to like get out in front of it. Maybe um, is, is where I'm at, but I, maybe I'll just give them one more week before, uh, before I fully dive in on that. Yeah, I, calling off the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's land with Louisville. Um, I think I've, laid the points with almost every favorite so far. So I'm sure that'll go great. Yeah, that'll go. That'll definitely go fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm leaning towards over 54 as well. I think, I think we'll take the over for the sake of our picks here. Um, It's a pretty medium number, but I think Louisville will do some scoring. And I think their defense probably does allow Boston college to get at least 14 to 17 on the board. So we'll see how that goes. I think I'm going to just, take the under and I don't know how much Boston College scores here I will say Louisville I I do think Louisville's skill talent on the outside on offense is going to be a mismatch for Boston College it's going to be problematic yep yeah so I think that that also kind of lends to a a Louisville win fairly big is I think they should be able to hit some big plays over the top so yeah we shall see. Anything else on that, Mike? No, I think I'm all set there. You've got Louisville locked up. I've got Louisville. Uh, I've got the over. You've got the under. Let's go to the night slate, Mike. And before we do, these previews brought to you by Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. They've got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, things for men, women, children, something for the whole family. Uh, use promo code GOACC at checkout for 10% off of your first order. Uh, Mike, they've got shirts with the official tech gold. They've got all the official word marks. These are all officially licensed. They're super high quality. They're very comfortable. Uh, I'm wearing my ATL shirt right now. This is the only place you can go get a shirt with the ATL logo on it, by the way, if you really like that logo. So go check that out. Once again, it is section103.com. Uh, one of the cool things they've been doing too this season is uh, jerseys for uh, Zach Pyron, Dante Smith, Haynes King. There's probably some more coming out, so keep an eye, uh, keep it tuned there. Uh, it sounds like Haynes King shirts are going out here in the next couple days, so uh, hopefully in time for this week's game. But, uh, yeah, it supports Section 103, supports us, and, you know, for those jerseys in particular, it supports the players. It's an NIL opportunity for them. So one more time, Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order for all things fantastic Georgia Tech apparel. Shout-out to Steven and the gang for their partnership. We really appreciate it. Shout-out, Steven. Shout-out to Steven. Mike, at 6.30 on noted ACC football channel, the CW, 
my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road in Winston-Salem taking on the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. Uh, the Deeks, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is 60. Mike, the Deeks are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but mm-hmm. that is not where this started. Uh, this started I, – I told you, I think somebody had mentioned uh, maybe from the from the Rumble Seat group that uh, they saw that Georgia Tech opened as an eight-point underdog. It opened well, everything- at eight. It, it opened at eight at Circa, I think. Okay, I was going to say, because everything else I've seen was that it was six and a half. And then fairly quickly, this was bet down to three and a half. Mm-hmm. And we, by the way, for the record, we're recording this Wednesday night. I was going to mention, this is the kind of thing where it would be nice if we had this up, you know, posted and people were able to listen to it, you know, by Thursday morning. Because usually it's about Thursday around <laughs> lunchtime. That, hear that, Scott? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you know, the, the, the limits go up and these lines can move some more. Like, I am very curious to see what this line does on Thursday. Um, I feel like it's going to move. I don't know in which direction. Um, I, I think some of the speculation here or some of the reason for this line movement, it might be there's speculation about like a Mitch Griffiths injury situation. Uh, I don't know. Um, this is it is kind of weirding me out watching it move three points in the favor of Georgia Tech. So um, I I look at this game, Mike, and I I think Georgia Tech has the better quarterback here. Like he's playing better. Haynes King's playing better than Mitch Griffiths is right now. Haynes um, King is Haynes King is sneaky been like one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC so far this year. Yeah, he has. He's he's looked real sharp. Uh, he's gotten a lot better. He has the one interception, and that was a ball that was like tipped and I think intercepted by a lineman on the first drive of the Louisville game basically and he hadn't turned it over since then mm-hmm. well I guess he had the fumble too but he hadn't intercepted he hadn't had an interception since then so that's a pretty good sign um thrown for you know 900 plus yards seven touchdowns already like that's he's looked good so uh, I, I like that I like you know Georgia Tech's moving the ball well on offense they haven't always finished drives well clearly still some special teams shenanigans that we saw last week and uh against Ole Miss it, but it's like, I, I think Georgia Tech has the better quarterback. I think Georgia Tech has the better roster from a, just a raw talent standpoint. But it is hard to bet against Wake Forest in year 11 or whatever it is for Dave Clawson there. You know, late stage claw fence, the whole thing. Like, these guys are, are so well coached. Um, I do think that there might be a coaching mismatch here with Dave Clawson in that offense versus Andrew Thacker's defense. Tech's defense, of course, still having huge issues tackling. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what to do here. What, what are you thinking? Let me hear your thoughts. I'm thinking you sprinkle Georgia Tech money line for sure. I think that's a sprinkle, right? I think mm-hmm. you put a little bit there on Georgia Tech money Roughly, line. Roughly, uh, you know, three to two, something in that range. You know, plus 150, plus 160 is what I'm seeing. Yeah. So I, I think you definitely put a little bit on Georgia Tech money line just so that you have a piece of the action in the off chance Georgia Tech wins this football game. I think for the for the podcast purposes, for our picks, I'm going to pick Wake Forest to win and cover. My issue here with Georgia Tech is that they do not tackle well. The defense has looked terrible. Mm-hmm. And this was supposed to be a pretty good unit this year. We're having a similar conversation with my Hokies, Joey. Like, the defense is having some issues for Georgia Tech, too. And the difference between Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech is Georgia Tech's got a quarterback and a good offense, or at least a passable offense, right? You, you mentioned mm-hmm. the the finishing drives thing, which I think is, is an issue. But Haynes King has looked much better than I thought. It looks like 
Brent Key made the right decision at quarterback for as good as Zach Pyron looked at the end of last year. And when he announced Haynes King as the starter, I wasn't feeling particularly good about it. He's been very good. I was wrong about that. He's been good. Wake Forest offensively, I always talk about how they're kind of, they're talent agnostic. They're a bit quarterback agnostic. Yes, is, is you know, is Mitch Griffiths Sam Hartman? No, he's mm-hmm. not. Nobody would expect him to be. Sam Hartman's a fifth-year senior. Griffiths is in his second year in the program. Nobody would expect him to be at this point in time. But Wake's got a good offense still with him at quarterback. So I think my overall take on Wake Forest as an offense, regardless of who's, who's playing quarterback, I think that still kind of stands. They're scoring some points. Defensively, they've been very good against the run in particular. But again, limited data points haven't really been tested in that department yet either. Interested to see how Georgia Tech runs the ball in this game. For all of the talk about Georgia Tech passing the ball with Haynes King, and I think all of that is well taken, interested to see how Georgia Tech runs the ball in this game on the ground. Wake Forest, I think, where they've had success this year, they've been getting off the field, right? They've been tackling well in the running game. They've been getting off the field on third down. And the offense has been good enough. Demon Claiborne in the running game for Wake Forest has been very good. And and Griffiths has been, I mean, he's thrown for 837, eight touchdowns, three picks. He's completing a little less than 66% of his passes. He's been good. I just worry about Georgia Tech's defense here. That's mm-hmm. my concern. The reason why the total 60 is because Wake Forest has an okay defense too. It's not like Wake Forest defense is like leaps and bounds ahead of Georgia Tech's, but Georgia Tech's has looked probably further removed from what we anticipated than Wake Forest. I think everybody thought Wake Forest would have a, a good, a pretty good offense. The defense would be a little further behind. Yeah. With Georgia Tech, I think the offense is actually a little bit ahead of where people thought. The defense is uh, pretty far behind of where a lot of people expected. So things right. kind of flipped there. I just worry about Georgia Tech's defense here. I think Georgia Tech's defense has a chance to be the worst unit in this game. And I think that's why I'm taking Wake Forest to cover the three and a half for purposes mm-hmm. of this podcast. But from a betting standpoint, with my own money this weekend, I may be betting both sides of this game. I may be betting Wake to cover whatever the final line is, especially if it's inside four and a half. I think I'm taking Wake Forest. I think it's also worth a bet on Georgia Tech money line to get the other side of that too. Mm-hmm. It would be a bummer. <laughs> get it middle. would be a bummer to get somewhere in the middle. Wake wins by a field goal and I'm out of money on both sides. Mm-hmm. That would be a bummer. But I, I think would it's be. either Wake wins by a touchdown or Georgia Tech wins outright. That's my feel going into it. Let me ask you this, Mike. Wake Forest has played Elon, Vanderbilt, and at Old Dominion. How does Georgia Tech stack up against those three opponents so far? I think Georgia Tech might go two and one. So, well, and, and and but even like those three teams in Georgia Tech, like who who's the best team of the that group from a from a comparison standpoint? Yeah, yeah. Like, is is this the toughest game that Wake's played yet, or have they already played a game tougher than this? No, I think this is probably the toughest game they've played yet. This is the best quarterback they've played yet. Oh, for sure, for best sure. Best quarterback they've played yet by far. This is probably the best offense they've played. Old Dominion's been sneaky decent this year so far, like better than I think a lot of people thought going mm-hmm. into the year. They've like the record, they don't have the record to show for it, but 
they were feisty against Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. They were feisty against Wake. They were leading Wake Forest last week at halftime. Old Dominion's been kind of feisty. I still think Georgia Tech's the best team Wake Forest has played so far. I think so, too. And, and yeah, I just I, – I don't know that I would bet the spread of this game with my own money either way. I I could kind of, There's just some unknown here, and I can kind of see this going either direction. Um, I, I do think Georgia Tech is the best team that Wake has played. I don't think Wake is the best team Georgia Tech has played. I mean, they've already got games under their belts against Louisville and Ole Miss. Um, oh, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Both of those very competitive into the fourth quarter, you know, so yeah. that, that's there's that. Um, the one thing I do really like here, Mike, and you kind of alluded to it, uh, I, I do think this game goes over 60. Yeah, um, I think I, so, too. And, in fact, I, I think I might just go ahead and lock that up. I think this is definitely going over 60. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock I like it up. that. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, yep. actually. I don't want to be reckless. <laughs> I'm not going to be reckless. On this like, podcast? Ah, what Bruce the hell? Top what road. the hell? Okay, you know what? You talked me into it. <laughs> Wake Georgia Tech over six. You lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Please. I'm done with that tonight. No more locks for me. All right? No, no more. Well, we have haven't gotten standards yet. Here. Yeah, I know. I, well, <laughs> got some. I got some takes on that one too in a minute. Sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points with Wake, but I don't feel good about it. It's probably mm-hmm. just an emotional hedge as much as anything. Yeah, that's but I, I could see this. I could see either team winning this game by ten points. Like I, I think that's totally that would be possible. something. <laughs> that would be something. I yeah. mean, I could see it on the Wake side. Georgia Tech winning by ten. That would be pretty damn impressive. Not, not uh, yeah. to say they can't do it. I mean, the, the line's three and a half. They can absolutely do it. It would just be – I would be more impressed by Georgia Tech doing that than Wake Forest doing that, I guess is what I'm saying. I think if that happens, it probably means that Tech has created a couple turnovers, basically on defense, which is something they've, they've really not done through three games. They are not yeah. creating turnovers. They're not creating negative plays. So, yeah, going, going along with the theme of Georgia Tech's defense kind of sneaky sucks. I don't even know how sneaky it is. Like Outright at this point. But, I mean, if Georgia Tech's defense plays its best game of the year – so far, which given the performances so far, low bar to clear, right? Mm-hmm. But if if they produce a couple turnovers here, I think that is how Georgia Tech wins this game outright, which is why you should sprinkle some money on Georgia Tech money line. Might be worth it. Might, Might be, be worth, worth it. it. Um, one other thing while we're kind of talking about this, and this is a thought that I had that I don't know when else to bring it up. We, we've talked about Georgia Tech struggling to tackle. I think we said Virginia Tech struggling to tackle. There's a few of these defenses that are uh, not looking great. I don't I don't know what the technique is for teaching or practicing tackling in 2023. I mean, yeah. with the way that practices seem like they've become, you know, so minimally physical. It's like, I, I don't know who to blame. I don't know how you teach that at this point. Like, kind of feels like if, if a... You know, if the players are in the right place, it, I guess that means that the defensive coordinator is doing his job, but it's kind of it's kind of the thing I thought about USC last year. Like their defense was terrible, but it's like no, no, their guys are in place. They just can't tackle at all. So whose fault is that? I don't I don't even know at this this day and age. But and I think you know with Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech in particular, it's not a talent thing on defense. Like there's mm-hmm. talent on these defenses. Mm-hmm. It's just they're not tackling and you look yep. at the practice video that's gone out like across the ACC, you know, you follow these beat writers and you see kind of the videos they post for practice. The teams really aren't practicing tackling, at least not in the sessions, the media is viewing, right? It's just not, 
they're not, not hitting people. a lot in practice, right? Not people, right? Exactly. A lot, a lot of donuts and, or you know whatever. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of like pursuit drills, but not actually wrapping up the runner sort of yep. thing because nobody wants to get hurt. Which I understand to a degree, but at some point you got to figure out the form tackling thing, and a lot of these teams have not yet. Well, back in my day, uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's. Let's do it. Line them up. Bowl in the <laughs> ring. Line them up. 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. Last one, Mike. Number 17, North Carolina on the road, taking on the Pitt Panthers. Tar Heels, a seven and a half point favorite, and uh, totals 50 here. Weird this line. number seems a little bit thin, especially considering what we just saw from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is it a, is this like a little spooky to you? Yeah. I mean, it feels like Carolina should win this game by 10 or more, doesn't it? It does feel that way. Yeah. I'm just yeah, this line weirds me out, especially with what we've seen from Phil Dracovic so far. I mean, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I texted yeah. the group yesterday. I, I was like, I, I'm on I, I I went back and saw some of the throws he made in the West Virginia game. I was like, he looks like he's shaving points. Like just horrific decisions <laughs> yeah. in the pocket. Like so bad. Yeah. Paul Crew. Uh <laughs> Out here shaving points. Who are we gonna beat? The guards. Yeah. I I'm on Carolina here, and the reason why is because Dracovic is terrible. Now, here's the thing, right? I see the path for Pittsburgh being competitive here. Carolina's run the ball well this year. Now Pitt has not stopped the run at all. But I think if Pitt can get a little feisty in the run game here, um, against Carolina's front, they're they're able to to stop the run a little bit better than we anticipate. And you make Drake May throw the ball a little bit, which is not a recipe at all times, but he's thrown the ball in harm's way a few times this year. Now, May hasn't been terrible. He's completing a very high percentage of his passes. He threw a couple picks last week, though, and he's thrown a few of them this year. And that's not to say May is not a stud. And, you know, if Carolina wants to get in a track meet, they absolutely can with Drake May, and I think they'd be happy to do that going against mm-hmm. Phil Trakofi on the other side for sure. But I think the path for Pittsburgh covering here is to force a couple Drake May turnovers because Mm -hmm. he hasn't taken care of the ball this year quite as well as he did last year, at least from a trend standpoint. I'm sure it'll level off and he'll end up having a ridiculous stat line again. But through a few games, it's been a little up and down in the turnover category for Drake May. My issue here, though, and the reason why I'm on Carolina is because I don't think Pittsburgh's going to stop the run. I think Carolina is committing to the run a little bit more now with Chip Lindsey's offense, and they did under Phil Longo. And I think it's been going to benefit Carolina in the long run to continue running their offense this way because they've had a, they've had some really talented running backs over the last few years, and they've just been really heavy, heavily reliant upon their quarterback. Drake May last year in particular, there was no other team in the ACC I can really think of that was as reliant on one player as Carolina was with Drake May. It was boomer bust with Drake May. They were going down with the ship. He was either he was going to throw for 500 yards and and three or four touchdowns, and I'll be damned if you go down and he, and he's throwing that way and he's he's throwing well. He's completing a high percentage of his passes, throwing a lot of touchdown passes. And you lose anyway. Tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we tried. We we threw everything the kitchen sink at him. Right. Mm-hmm. This year, NC uh, UNC's defense is looking better. They're running the ball better. They have more balance on offense. I think the overall team composition and the complementary football standpoint is probably the best it's been under Mac Brown since his return to Carolina. I think there's an argument to be made there. 
So I really like the way this Carolina team's trending. I don't like the way this Pitt team is trending at all. Pitt looked awful in the backyard brawl. They looked awful against Cincinnati two weeks ago. When asked about Jerkovic's status as a starting quarterback, Pat Narduzzi said he was a good leader. Well, goddamn, I hope so. He's a fifth-year quarterback in the ACC. I hope, mm-hmm. I God, I hope, I hope he's a good leader. That's not a great answer. Is Pat. he a good producer? <laughs> you know who is a good producer? Producer Scott. That's right. That's right. He's producing more than Phil Dracovic is. I will say that. Great Damn drop, Scott. Scott's I mean, in his bag tonight. He's in his bag. He is in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> He's in his Louie, as Dion would say. Yeah, give me give me Carolina here, seven and a half. I don't, I don't see how Pitt keeps this competitive outside of doing some things they haven't done this year, which I mentioned off the top here. The one thing I will say, wouldn't it be so like Pitt to muddy this one up and make it mm-hmm. a three or four point game? Why do you think the line seven and a half? Yeah, Joseph? like. I mean, through three quarters against Cincinnati, they had seven points. In four quarters against West Virginia, they've scored six points. Mm-hmm. Like, Pitt looks so bad the last two weeks. Phil Dracovic, kind of a mess. We're already getting questions in the press conference of, you know, is this guy still your starter? Um, it's just, it seems like a bad situation. North Carolina has looked pretty good for the most part this year. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll just lay in with North Carolina. I, I don't like it. I wouldn't bet it with my own money. Um, I think there's enough, enough could go kind of sideways here. And, and I feel like historically this game is, has been pretty, pretty wacky. Um, some overtime games, some, you know, late lead changes in the fourth quarter. Like, um, I, I think, you know, whichever team is at home, I think tends to, to win, which obviously plays well to pit, uh, in this situation, you know, but yeah, I'll just land with North Carolina. I don't, I don't like it. I would leave it alone. Um, yeah. Total is 50. Yeah, leave that alone too because yeah, there's a chance that they figure a couple things out against UNC's defense. Uh, yeah. I For as good as UNC's defense has been, there's still some consistency things there that I would be a little bit concerned about if all of a sudden Phil Dracovic found lightning in a bottle. So yeah. I am, I'm good on the total. I'm good on the total and I will not be betting this with my own money either. I just think the line is too weird. For what it's worth, SP Plus has uh, North Carolina about a seven-point favorite on a neutral field. So there's a clear uh, downgrade here in Pittsburgh, even with the home field advantage. Or they're just saying there is no home field advantage, which I think, you know, Heinz Field, not exactly the most intimidating home environment in the ACC. Acrisure Stadium. Get it right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Acrisure, whatever that is, um, and their stadium. Yeah. No idea what that is. <laughs> the big uh, big insurance bottle. Not the big ketchup bottle anymore. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Mike, do we have one more for this weekend? Play the Falcon, baby. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Are they playing? I'm there assuming they're playing. There it is. They are. They are. They're hosting Ohio. The Ohio oh, Bobcats God. in Bowling Green taking on our mm. Falcons. Uh, this is at 2.30 on ESPN – or sorry, 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Ohio a 13-point favorite in this situation. Total is 44 and a half. 
I think give me Ohio. I well, can. yeah, that's that's kind of a lot of points. Ohio's not been super high powered on offense, but they have uh they have looked like a little bit of a wagon. So might want to get on the uh, Ohio bandwagon for this weekend at the very least. Yeah, give me Ohio. Ohio is one of the few teams in the country that's played four games already. So they're basically yep. at the halfway point of the year after this weekend. So think yeah. of it that way. Yep. They uh, they lost Curtis Rourke there in that game against San Diego State, I think, in the second quarter. And uh, I don't think he's – or has he been back? Oh, he's been back, and he's been spectacular. Okay, well, there you go. So, excellent. Good on the Falcons for covering 40 and a half last week against Michigan. Love that. I told you it could get interesting. Sure enough. <laughs> sure could. All right, Mike, that's all I got on week four. Week four. Yeah, it's late. I don't know what week it is anymore. Uh, should we recap our locks here real quick? Recap them. Let's do it. Uh, I've got Florida State minus the two and a half against Clemson. I have over 60 in the Georgia Tech-Wake Forest game. You also have over 60 in that game. You have Syracuse minus the 13 and a half against Army. I considered that one, but I did not did not go with it. And you also have Louisville minus the 14 against Boston College. So three locks for you, two for me. Uh, I've been kind of playing it just right down the middle, two locks a week going one and one. We are, uh, you know, we're hot start the year but uh we will see if those can get home for us this week yep you feeling good feeling confident three no it would be nice wouldn't it <laughs> i mean that's how locks are supposed to work right which is that's why they're called locks that's why i end up but... below 500 on them every year why not that's why that's why we always leave them unlocked right this is not gambling advice that's correct definitely we're just not. making our own picks uh, all right, Mike, you want to get out of here and go watch some games? I do. Real quick, how do you feel about this Notre Dame-Ohio State game this weekend? Ooh, good call. Um, I, I don't know. I this don't should, know This either. should be, you know, this looks like a matchup of Titans. Um, Notre Dame, I don't know that either of these teams has really played, like, legit competition yet. Um, I mean, who's the toughest team? Is NC State against Notre Dame, is that the toughest opponent that either of these teams have seen so far this Oh, year? either of the teams have seen. Um yeah, I mean, depends on what you think of Western Kentucky, but which yeah, I would not uh, I would not put them ahead of NC State. I don't think. I don't think so. I would um, like to see the total in that matchup. By the way, yeah, yeah, that would be interesting to see what Vegas would value that at. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Notre Dame a three point home dog. I would not. I would not bet this. I would just watch it and enjoy it. I think. Yeah. I think Notre Dame's got the best quarterback in this game, mm -hmm. unless Kyle McCord just goes nuclear and arrives in South Bend. I think that would be a boon to Ohio State. Which is possible. It's possible. I, You brought up a good point, I think, earlier when we were talking about recording this. You know, is, is Ohio State, have they been sandbagging a little bit? Maybe. They put I it think on Western Kentucky last week. I think Ohio State's got a very good defense like an elite defense, one of the best in the country. They've given up 20 points through three games. If Notre Dame can run the ball here and open up the passing game for Sam Hartman, I think Notre Dame's got an excellent chance to win this game. Mm -hmm. If Ohio State slows down Audrey Estime, this could be tough for Notre Dame. And not to say that Ohio State's going to score a ton of points here. I, I think this game could go under. Uh, I think the total's in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken. 
I think this game could absolutely and 55 and a half. That's a little too much for me. I could see it getting pointsy, right? If both teams have a ton of offensive success, but the way Notre Dame's defense has looked this year, the way Ohio State's defense certainly has looked this year, I think this could be an under game. I think if it gets pointsy, I think this favors Notre Dame, though. I do. Um, over hmm. four quarters. Hartman's a better quarterback. McCord's young. This is his first like big time road environment. I, I like the way this sets up for Notre Dame if it does get pointsy. If it does not, I, I think it certainly favors Ohio State in a defensive struggle. But again, like if it's tight in the fourth quarter and Notre Dame's at home and they got Sam Hartman on their sideline, I think I'm feeling a bit better about that. So this is going to be a really interesting game. Really interesting game. Because I don't think Ohio State's played their best football yet either. I don't think so. I will say I, I would give Ohio State the coaching advantage. I like Ryan Day and what he does with that offense. Mm -hmm. uh, I think more than anything I've seen coaching-wise from Notre Dame's staff. Mm -hmm. I I also would point out this is this feels like the kind of game in recent years that Notre Dame does not win. Mm -hmm. um, I, other than maybe the COVID year, which there was all sorts of weirdness and no crowds and you know all and on and on and on. But like these two teams played last year, Notre Dame played a slow game, tried to kind of just keep it close, and lost twenty-one to ten. Played with Ohio, they played with uh, Alabama's third-string quarterback, by the way, because yeah. now Ty Buckner is the third stringer at Bama behind Simpson, I think, and mm -hmm. Milrow is now the starter again. Yep. Yeah, they they lost at USC last year. Um, I, I just I don't know that Notre Dame shows up to these games against ultra high level competition and usually wins. So I would I would point that out as well that that kind of works in Ohio State's favor. Yeah. Um, this is the first time Notre Dame's had a quarterback in one of these big time games. It I, is. I was thinking about this like Sam Hartman's the best quarterback Notre Dame's had since Clawson? Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn? What was that? 2005? 2005? Something like that. Or Clawson a couple of years later? It's been a while since they've had a quarterback like this. Was Dave's son Jimmy Clawson any, actually any good? <laughs> Snuck the Dave's son in there. Seeing if anybody was going to pick up on that. Different uh, spelling. Claw fence, baby. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, anyways. Should be a fun watch. Yeah, um, I don't know yeah. that I have a, a a pick, you know, either way no. on that. I'm. I think we're going to learn a lot about both these teams on Saturday night. Maybe under. Yeah. If I was betting it, maybe under. But yeah, I'm probably 50. probably not betting this either way. I will be curious. You mentioned. I mean, there's a quarterback upgrade, but just in general, big game atmosphere kind of thing. Does Notre Dame run a similar game plan to last year in terms of trying to? you know, slow or uh, shorten the game, try to just keep it close, hope something happens. Do they play it like an underdog trying to cover or do they, uh, do they play it a little bit differently and think that they can go out there and win the game? I'd play it like you go out there and try to win the game just because I, it goes back to the quarterback thing. Like they haven't been, they've kind of been playing with, and I don't want to totally disrespect like Ian book, because Ian Book had a nice career at Notre Dame. He was a good college quarterback. But they were playing in, in these types of games, these games against like elite competition. They were playing kind of with one hand tied behind their back a bit just because the quarterback they played on the other side was outstanding, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's like Trevor. they ran to Trevor Lawrence a couple times. 
that's tough. <laughs> I mean, that that's yeah. that's pretty tough. Ran to you know Caleb Williams last year, and they were playing with Drew Pine. That's mm-hmm. that's a little tough. So mm-hmm. this is. I think this is kind of when you go for it. And this is the first time I think Notre Dame has been a big game like this against elite competition where they've actually had the quarterback advantage. This yeah. has been, it's been years. I mean, it's a valid point. I mean, Notre Dame right now has a better quarterback situation than Ohio state. You can make some arguments about Georgia. Oh, I would absolutely make Al- that argument. about Al- Georgia. <laughs> Al- Alabama. They have a better, they have a better quarterback than Alabama. Put Sam Hartman in the Alabama offense right now. And tell me what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, how many of those teams does Sam Hartman start for if he's on the roster? All of them we just mentioned. All of them, yeah. All of them. <laughs> I I mean, if if he's starting at Bama, what was Alabama's issue against – we're getting off topic, but what was Alabama's issue against Texas, right? It was, Couldn't push the ball down the field. I mean, Hartman could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this yep. is the first time – this is the first time Notre Dame's been in a game like this where they've had the quarterback advantage. I am interested to see how they play it, though, because – Ohio State with their skill players at receiver. It's just mm-hmm. a different it's a different sport that they play with those guys. Yeah. Yep. So I Very am true. definitely interested to see the game script. Very true. Yeah. That's all I got, Mike. That's all I got too. Just wanted to sneak that in there. It's a huge game and Notre mm-hmm. Dame's basically half an ACC member. Full voting member. Yeah. Yeah. When it when it comes to voting time, don't tell them that they're a half member. They, uh, they yeah. don't want to hear that part. And you all know I I'm a Notre Dame fan. So mm-hmm. we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Good luck to your Irish coin flip game. I think Maybe. so. Fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, we are on Twitter at FTRS Joey at Mike McDaniel SI together at BC podcast ACC. Um, by the way, as you watch these games this weekend, if, if something crazy happens, we need some like fan support here on uh, submitting candidates for go ACC moment of the week. So if you see something, send it to us. Hashtag go ACC MOTW. Uh, we would love to have some, uh, some support as you guys, see things that happen you know we can't see everything that happens on a college football saturday so uh helpful to send those in yeah because when we were recording our reaction shows or our recap shows on sundays joey and i had a little bit more time to see more of the acc action whether it be saturday night or sunday during the day before we hit record watch a condensed game whatever we see less of that when we're hitting record right after we've been drinking and watching games all day and not just mm-hmm. ACC games. We watch a lot of ACC games. We watch a lot. Joey and I are huge college football fans now. We watch a lot of big games outside the ACC. We don't see everything, especially when we do the Saturday Night Live reaction show. So anything you can get eyes on that we might not have eyes on, send it in. Duke Please UConn. Do. Duke UConn, prime example. Like, yep. We're probably not going to see a lot of that live. So just if we're all being real honest with each if other. We're being real honest with each other. Yep. 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 Uh, Mike, we are on iTunes, we're on Spotify, all those good places. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Hit that subscribe button. We would really, really appreciate that. Uh, you can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, where else are we on the social medias, Mike? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there because we're posting a lot of them there now. So go check that out. Mm-hmm. Instagram at BC podcast, ACC, youtube.com, of course, slash at the ACC football podcast. Anywhere you find your podcast, go check us out. Please do. Please do. Uh, Mike, anything else? I think that's all I got. Shout out to our sponsors, Home Field, Section 103, Vivid Seats. Yep. Use the links in the description where appropriate and, uh, you know, help us 
help them, we help you. Yep. Keep this 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 good content coming your way. So keep it tuned here. Uh, Mike, yeah, as mentioned, we will come back and do a recap show. We're aiming for Saturday Night Fever. Um, as always, subject to change with, you know, life, life happens sometimes. But our goal is to be here. Uh, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the bell icon to be notified when we're going to go live. Usually it'll be around midnight Eastern, I think. Um, but, again, kind of tune in and uh, you'll see and be able to join in the discussion. We've been having a lot of fun with the commenters on those uh, Saturday night shows so far. So uh, we would love for people to join in. And we'd love to go a little bit earlier, but I work Saturday nights for Sports Illustrated. So mm -hmm. <laughs> we wait till I'm done. Basically. That's right. Got to do what we got to do. Can't so, get fired. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. All right, Mike. Sounds good. Well, enjoy the games and we will talk then. Until yeah. next time for Mr. Mike McDaniel, Mr. Producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will uh, talk to you again very, very soon. Enjoy week four. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.